You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. Uh, long time no see, long time no heard, long time no. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, first of all, I want to wish everybody a happy new year, 2023. Uh, like we say, good health first. Without health, we ain't got shit. So, Good health. All my wishes are good health. You got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your body, take care of your mind, take care of your mental, take care of your physical health is everything. If you don't have that, you you don't have anything. So the rest can come after that. Um, you know, and love, success, happiness, uh, whatever else you want out of this year. Um, let's get it. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I know it's kind of late to wish uh, Happy New Year. By the time this comes out, there'll be maybe the la- I think the last week of January. But hey, better late than never. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, I was actually uh, well before I get started on that. Uh, this is episode two seventy nine, I believe. Yes, two seventy nine. Uh, first episode of the year. Um, couple of announcements. First of all, I'm all caught up. Uh, if you go to YouTube.com/slash the feedback. You can see all the videos from all the episodes, so you can see put you know faces to the names you've heard on this show. Um, last, I, I closed out the year with a dope episode with DJ Static and Professor Groove from We Funk Radio. I've been talking about We Funk Radio for twenty plus years. I've been a fan since college, uh, and so if you want some funk, soul, hip hop breaks. Um, nonstop mix, two hours straight of dopeness. Like they got DJs from all over the world contributing. Uh, it's a worldwide community. I, I love it. That's my Spotify. So go back and listen to episode, uh, 277. Uh, wait, 277 or 278? Now I'm, now I'm confused. 278. So this is 279. Sorry. 270. <laughs> go back to the, the previous episode where we funk radio. Uh, go back, listen to that. Uh, also had uh, Mike Eaton was on was on the on the podcast recently. Also, uh, Caitlin and Maxwell Benson from Can't Even Comedy, who moved to Austin last November. So go check that out. There's plenty of archive to go through. I really appreciate y'all for the support. Uh, announcement number two: uh, record play. Let's talk record play real quick. Uh, what record play will return? Uh, people have been asking me when's the next one. When's the next one? Uh, I'm going to ask y'all to mark the calendar for February. I can't say February. February. Yeah. Next month, <laughs> Thursday, the 16th, uh, from seven to nine, uh, record play volume three, the R and B edition, uh, is coming to Soho house on South Congress, but there's a, but to this, uh, it's a private event. Uh, we only allowing, um, or short, like a small amount of uh, tickets. So there's no tickets. It's RSVP. Okay. So uh, there'll be a link um, posted on the feedback Instagram and on record play live on Instagram that you can go to uh, and you can RSVP. You're not guaranteed. Just because you're RSVP doesn't mean you're guaranteed entry. Uh, So uh, just be on the lookout for that. Actually, I'll just say it right now. Uh, it will be recordplay.live slash RSVP. And you just fill out the form, put your name, name of whoever you want to bring. Uh, and then if you get a conversation, conversation, 
confirmation you're in. If you don't, sorry, you got to wait for the next one. So um, shout out to Soho House. Um, but we'll be back. We'll be back in uh, at, at a public space uh, in, in the next couple of months or so. So stay tuned. Just follow Record Play Live on Instagram and the feedback on Instagram as well. BAK, of course, as you already know. All right. So um, holidays. Um, holidays were great. I, uh, well, one, I, I was gone for Christmas. So we did a little Christmas with the family, with my son before Christmas. So bought the tree, did the whole thing, decorated, got the presents. And I was like, Hey, this is from the family, not Santa. Don't want to mess up Christmas because it's the wrong day. We did it way before, before I left. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Of course he got spoiled because he's, you know, he's the boy, my boy. Um, so basically I went, I was away for, uh, about three weeks. And when I mean away, I don't mean in prison. I mean, I traveled. So I went back home, uh, to Senegal, West Africa, and it had been 10 years since I've been there, you know, between the birth of my son and COVID, um, you know, I had to go. Uh, I, I met cousins I didn't know, cousins who had kids I didn't know, um, and it felt good to go home. And, and here's the thing: like I, when when I go there and I explain to people, and they go, "How come you haven't been here in so long? Like, what is it about your schedule or what?" I'm like, "Look, in the U.S., you have ten days of vacation, right? It's ten days a year." In other countries, like in France, you get like six weeks. So French people go to on vacation all the time. Uh, but try to explain to your boss, and I'm not saying I'm in that case, but I'm, I'm saying that in, in general, uh, just to go from the U.S. all the way to Europe, or in this case, in, to Africa, I mean, you, you're looking at a day, a day's worth of traveling. So... It's not worth it if you're just gonna go for a week, right? Because you spend one day and two days, one day on on the way there, and another day to get back. So uh, it's 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 a pain in the ass. So if if you're gonna travel overseas, like at least have a solid couple of weeks, um, so that you can actually enjoy yourself and not just rush. Especially when you go and see family. If you know, I I was like, you know what? It's been ten years. Uh, Bought my ticket in October. It was like, what, uh, I think $2,000 or something like that. Flex. <laughs> no, I was like, I, I, I don't care. I put it on a credit card, whatever. It's like, I, I had to go. I, I had to go. I needed to go home. Um, so uh, my parents lived there. My, I have tons of cousins, tons of uncles and all that. And also I was like, you know, it, it just going back to your roots. It's, I think it's important. And so I was like, all right, let's go. So went over there. Um, I landed. So they built a new airport in Dakar because the old one sucked. It was one terminal and it was old. And this one was, I was, I was actually pretty surprised when I landed and I was like, holy shit, they don't, cause it used to be you land and the bus comes to pick you up. Like there's no, you know how you, 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 um, the plane lands and then it parks and then you get out, there's this little walkway, whatever, from the plane into the, the terminal. Yeah. We didn't have that. Like you would get off the plane, 
and then like walk downstairs on the I don't know Dalmac, I don't know how you call that. Like the it's pretty much where the planes take off. Like you get off a bus comes to pick you up. So you get on that bus and the bus takes you to the terminal. That's like a, you know, ten minute drive from the from the plane to the terminal. So no more of that. We got modern in Senegal. So you get this the same way like it is here. Like you get off and then boom, there's the little walkway from the plane straight to the terminal. It was very modern. I was impressed. And uh I gotta say, uh and it used to be when as soon as you get out the plane and you get your luggage, like people start hustling you, man. That's how it used to be. They come up to you and they're like, Hey, can I and they don't even ask. They just come up and grab your luggage. They wanna help, but you know, people have gotten their luggage jacked like that. You know, and they're very aggressive about it too. They would come up and be like, "Hey, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you." And just grab your shit. Unless you say no, they're gonna grab your shit and then either run with it or they'll help you carry your luggage out of the terminal to the car or the cab or whatever you're taking, and then you have to pay them. So this time they don't in this new airport they don't let anybody inside the terminal unless you're traveling, which is good. So. By the time you get out, you already got your bags, whatever. And even on the exit, they have like this little, these little barriers and everybody has to, to stay on that side and nobody can go like in the, the walkway from the terminal out into the parking lot. Cause there used to be a shit show. And every time, you know, when I was a kid, it's like somebody is grabbing my luggage. Somebody is while I'm, while I'm talking to somebody, somebody else coming up and picking my shit. I mean, it was, it was a mess. So at least now they got that figured out. Now the airport in Senegal is like way out. Like there's nothing around there. Nothing. When I say nothing, I mean, nothing. <laughs> like it's it like, you, but the the road is clean. I was impressed. Like the road was actually, it was a highway you know, there's no potholes, nothing. And, and I'll get into the traffic a little bit later, but you're, you're, you're driving through and all you've seen is baobab trees. If you know what a baobab is, it's like some of the biggest trees in the world. People used to live in them. Um, just, just Google it. It's B-O-B-A-O-B-A-B, baobab tree. Um, there was tons of those. And it's like you, it's like, Basically driving through the desert in, in West Texas. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And it's hot. Yeah, it is fucking hot. It's December and it's 95 degrees outside. I did not expect it. Well, my, my mom was like, yeah, be careful, you know, pack some shorts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's December. I've been there in December, but I didn't expect it to be this hot. And it was hot as fuck. Not in the hundreds, but still hot. For December, it was weird for it to be that hot. Um, so we drive and then we go to Sally. Sally is, is like a, it was used to be a small town. It's still a small town, but now it's become like where tourists go to get away from the city. So there's a bunch of like uh, hotels. It's right near the beach. Like you literally walk out of your house and then there's the beach right there. If you live in one of those neighborhoods, uh, which we happen to, you know, my, my, my dad invested a long time ago into a property out there. So, um, and it, as soon as that, as soon as I got out the car, we went into a supermarket, whatever, but I felt like, like, wow, this is, this is where I'm from. Like this, is this is my country. And, and it felt weird because when well, I hadn't felt that in a long time, but the first thing that struck me 
was well, one, the smell. Like I, the smell was familiar right away. As soon as I got out the plane, I was like, ah, oh, smells like Senegal. It's not a bad smell. Let me put it, let me say that first. It's not a bad smell, but it has a specific smell. And that smell carries when you with on your clothes and all that. That's, Senegal has a smell. And it's it's a it's a pleasant smell, but it's it's very, very like particular. Uh but it, it, everything just came rushing back into my head. And I was wondering if um if it would be the same as as same as before, I mean, it'd been ten years. I'm like, well, you know, you no, know, let's see. But first of all, my what off came back. What off is like the 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 number one dialect in Senegal. French is, was the uh, it used to be a French colony. If you don't know your history, um, and so what off is what most people speak in Senegal, and then depending on where your family is from, what ethnicity, you might speak another. That like, but Wolof is like the the dominating uh, language, and I don't get to speak that at all here. You know, I'll speak it with my my niece. My niece speaks it well. Uh, my sister in law, but that's about it. You know, it's not like I mean the French. I speak the French because that's what I speak with my family. It's what I speak with my son. But Wolof is like I don't speak Wolof, but. As soon as I as soon as I got there and I started interacting with people, you know, at the supermarket or on the street or uh, my family, it just everything just came back, just came back to my head. And I was actually people were actually impressed with like, holy shit, you had you have you haven't you still understand? It, it took me. I had an accent at first, but it took me a couple of days and it, it, I was I was fine. Uh, so I went to Sally for a few days. Now here's the thing. Like I said, Sally is about, it's on the coast and it's about 58 miles from Dakar, the capital. So it's south on the coast. Dakar is like, um, um, right on the coast too. So you're basically going along the coast when you go into the city. Um, and man, the traffic. Let me talk about the traffic for a second because holy crap, you, you, you thought you had bad traffic here. In in Austin or wherever you're listening, you know I know LA is horrible, New York sucks, uh, but holy shit, th- there's first of all, there's no street signs, like there's barely any street signs. Like you, you have to know where you're going, right? So it's not like there's a sign that says like off the highway will tell you, you know, if you exit here, this is the town you're going to exit to. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, the cemetery is this way. I don't know why I picked the cemetery. Cemetery is this way. The airport's that way. You know, the, the hospital's this way. But other than that, as far as neighborhoods, or you have to know, and it, we don't use, there's no, except for downtown Dakar, there's, there's not really a, streets don't really have names. Big, big streets do, like big, avenues, but that's only Dakar and like around, but well, take that back. They do have names, but you don't use them. When you say you're going over here, you just use like a landmark. Uh, say you're you're driving along the coast and there's, there's an area where it, it the, the road makes a big turn because of the way it's going along the, the coast. And that's an area. You know, if, if there's a market where you're trying to go, then you're saying, I'm going to this market. And then from there, you'll tell the cab driver, hey, take a right, take a left, take a right, take a left, take a left. And then 
drop me off here. So you, you got to have a good sense of direction to know where you're going, right? And there's no stop sign. And if there's, I saw a couple, but nobody gives a shit. I, the street light, like street lights, you know, I saw three, but nobody gives a shit. So, but it is a mess. And the thing is, get to understand, like the, the, the Senegal is, is, uh, it's the most Western country in, uh, in Africa, right? So the Sahara Desert is east of that. And Sahara goes west. So there's a lot of sand everywhere. Uh, a lot of sand, that means a lot of dust. And plus you add the, uh, the ocean is right there. So there's a breeze. So yeah, you breathe a lot of that stuff. And on top of that, you have, um, uh, it's hot. And what ends up happening is that the, the, the sand between the sand, the dust, the rains in the summer, uh, and the heat, it damages, it eats up everything, everything, especially cars. So people don't care about their cars. They just don't. Like I've I've got I've gotten in cabs before where the cab didn't have a floor. Like I could see the road. If I put my foot down, I would rip my foot out. That's pretty much what it was. Or the 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 door was was held by like a rope, right, through the window. Uh so and the thing is, since there's not really any traffic laws, because nobody cares, you know, you see kids on on motorcycles on scooters, uh, no helmets, don't give a shit, uh, going backwards, like driving on the left, going the opposite, uh, the opposite way. Uh, there's no, and people are very aggressive. That's the thing. Like if you're not aggressive when you drive in, in, in Senegal, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just not. I mean, I'm sure it's like that in a lot of third world countries where there's, yeah, no traffic laws, like, you know, it's a free for all. Like if you, if you get to a roundabout and you don't force your way in, you're just gonna you just wait there. No, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. Somebody and people and like I said, because people don't care about their cars, right? They they they'll just bump you with their cars out the way. You know what I mean? And they've been building a lot of roads and a lot of lot of bridges, uh, especially going from uh, countryside so Sally. Uh, to Dakar. So the, the highway is nice, it's clean. They got toll roads. And then the toll roads are like, even at, at high traffic times, you got maybe two boots working. And it's not like here when you come in and then it flashes you and you just drop by and then you pay eventually by mail or, or it debits your, you know, Texas tag or whatever. No, no, no. There's someone manning the booth. And there could be just two of them. And it's, you know, um, it's rush hour. And so the distances are such that something that should take an hour now is going to take two because you have hundreds of cars going into two booths, you know, uh, and it, it's a mess. And, and, and like I said, if, if you're not, if you're not aggressive, I got to drive from Sali to Dakar and boy, I've, I've never been this, like, I'm like, I'm gonna stay in my lane, stay, on the left, uh, left lane, and just because if if you stay in the middle, people will cut you off. People will. I mean, you can end up with like uh, if there's no divider between the between the the right lane and the left lane or whatever, like going the opposite way. 
you can see four cars just lined up, taking the entire road, width of the road, going in the same direction. So it, it's like that. It's, it's, people don't care. And uh, something that – so every every time I talk to my cousin and be like, yo, I'm like, hey, how, we need to do uh, run an errand or whatever. And I ask him, so how long does it think it's going to take? Oh, you know, 20 minutes. I'm like, no. Not not in this traffic. Not twenty minutes. It's going. It's, it's going to take an hour. Like here, here's the thing, in countries like that, if you make a to do list for what you're going to do the next day, stick to two things, tops. One thing in the morning, one thing in the afternoon, because otherwise, if you have more than that, you're never going to make it. Because it, it's like, first, it takes forever to get to wherever you're going, and second, once you get there, you're not guaranteed that it's going to happen. Or that, uh, or they'll tell you, "Hey, come back, come back later." So, two errands a day. That's it. If you try to do more, you're gonna be stuck in traffic for no reason, and you're gonna get pissed off. You're gonna get. It's gonna be. Uh, yeah, you're not gonna get shit done. So stick to two, two things. And I, I'm, I'm saying this about Senegal. I'm not shitting on it on, on on my country. I'm just saying that in general. I'm sure it's the same case in other third world countries uh, where things. Um, work at a fat at, at a much slower pace. You know what I mean? Like here, you can go to a, to a drive through to go to the pharmacy. You know, because that we have that infrastructure. You know, you go through a toll road and then it just flashes you and you're done. You know, exits and coming on the highway, it they make sense. You know, you have traffic lights, you have to obey. There's cops. Actually, cops will, will follow you. But over there, well, it gives a shit. They just like people will cross the street cross the highway like right in front of your car and you have to understand because the the the, the desert i mean the the sidewalk sometimes it's not it's not even concrete it's just sand right so it's not really so I, if you drive in and there's a big pothole in the middle you're going to drive on the sidewalk slash sand to to get over and so or people are just parked on it so now the uh People who are just walking, because you walk a lot, they're not walking on the sidewalk no more. They're walking on the road, like right in front of your car. And if you're not careful, you can run it, you can run somebody over. It's it's like that. And talk about running people over. The the people who ride motorcycles in Senegal without a helmet, sometimes three people on the same on the same uh bike. Uh I've seen I've seen accidents. Uh, I remember one time we were driving and and then we found out that some kid, 16-year-old kid, died in an accident riding a motorcycle. No helmet. It was, you know, T-shirt, barefoot, you know, that kind of, um, and you're like, God, it it sucks. It sucks to hear things like that. Let me see see if I can pull up uh, uh, some photos, some video of what that looks like. Uh, anyway, I'll, 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 I'll find some, I'll find some as I go along. Um, but yeah, so I'll say well, a few more things about Senegal. Well, as always, you know, it, it's, it's great to see family. Um, I actually got to, my, my cousin owns a, uh, uh, like a tailor. I, I don't know what you call that. Like she makes African outfits, right? And believe it or not, I've never owned one. And I was like with my another cousin of mine was getting married and I went over to her shop and I was like, hey, do you have some for me? And boy, she delivered. Shout out to Binta. Uh, she delivered for me and my brother. 
and gave us some African outfits. And boy, we look good. Here's the thing about about Africa. I'll say Senegal, but I can't extrapolate to Africa. Is that we are colorful people. Colorful people. If, if you can picture how a um like we like bright colors when you go to an event whether it's a it's a wedding or it's a party or it's i mean even a funeral sometimes it's like people wear color colorful outfits and we're dancing we're singing uh it it's it that's really what what we're about let me see if i can pull up uh, anyway, uh, I'm just sharing a, a video of a wedding I went to, and you'll see the women are, I have all kinds of colors, and there's drums going on, people are singing and dancing. Um, there's this, this one thing that, that people do, um, this, this kids that show up with a, there we go, look at that. That's what we do. This guy had a drum. I forgot what that name of that drum is. Like, he puts the drum under his uh, elbow, under his arm, and he bangs on it with his curved stick. And so, and then you show up, and then you just give him money, and he'll sing your praises, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But then you have to give him more money so he can keep singing. And then more money. And more. This, this one lady came up to me. All she had was a a bowl on her chest and she she just gave me money and I'm like, well, what are you, what are you trying to do? Because you gave me money so I can give it back to you so you can sing my praises? Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'll stack come on, I'll I'll sing for you. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I don't I don't I don't need all that. I'm blessed already. <laughs> um let's see, what else did I do to stand out uh when I went to Senegal? Yes, yes. Um uh, I actually went out What's that noise? Oh, I actually went out one night uh, with one of my cousins to to a bar uh, that was right on the coast. Like you go downstairs and there's the beach, like right there. Uh, and then we ended up at this place, at this at, at this club. It's really a club. And and I, I, I've been out in in Senegal before, like at a club. Uh, but now that I think of, now that I got to see it again, you know, as a, an adult, quote unquote, it, it's the same. It's the same as in the U.S. Um, it's like, well, music wise, I think it's better <laughs> because there's so much variety that they play there between the traditional, you know, Senegalese music. They play hip hop. They play dancehall. They play Afro beats. Um, they play Zouk, they play basically all kinds, all kinds of music. Uh, and what's interesting is that the newer, the younger generation in Senegal, it really loves the, the traditional Senegalese music. And so a lot of young artists, Senegalese artists incorporate that in their songs. And it actually sounds pretty dope. Um, and you, you'll hear the drums, you'll hear the singing, but I mean, they're rappers, right? They're like, the kids like swear by these, these, these artists. I can't say that I know them. I cannot say that I can understand everything they're saying, but it, it resonates so much with the, with these kids 
because it has those elements of, hey, this is Senegal. This is what this is what we're about. Um, uh, and it, it's actually refreshing. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And people, um, yeah. Let me see if I can pull up a couple. I hope YouTube is not gonna. I forgot the name of the those guys. I mean, they, they they do a lot of like you know, um, what's it called? They look like picture your your today's American rapper, uh, but add the drums and add. Um, let's see, who's that kid? I forgot his name. Something tune. Let me see. Yeah, Bastion. There we go. Let me, play, let me let me play let me play this for you. So just so you so you understand what kind of music we're we're playing back home. Here's a video. But as a dance to it too, and the kids just love the dances. There we go. Just a quick. Uh, this is this. So you hear the drums in the background. That's like typical Senegalese, just like drumming, like crazy, crazy drumming. So, uh, so I'm in the club and they're playing songs like that, and and people are loving it. So they're still doing bottle service. Uh, they're doing hookahs, just like I've been asking about hookahs in the U.S. What is it about black people with and hookahs? And I go home to Senegal and they're doing the same thing. It's like everybody got a hookah. Uh, bottle service, uh, there's like, yeah, same thing, vodka, champagne, whatever. Uh, the one thing that struck me is that we went out on a Friday night and we got there. It was maybe 1 a.m. and there were maybe 15 people in the club. It's pretty, pretty small club, pretty small. And I'm like, there's no way that they do this. The people show up later, two o'clock, a little more people, three o'clock. A little more people. Four thirty. This is around the time I left. Place was packed. It's four thirty in the morning. I don't know a city in the U.S. and correct me if I'm wrong. Where I know black people are late. <laughs> I know there's like their CPT color people time and there's African people time where where it's four thirty in the morning and people are showing up. And my cousin was like. Yo, there's places that people show up and not like literally 30 minutes before the sun go up and then they go through then in the party to the morning and the club will give them breakfast. Some places will give them breakfast. So that was that was crazy to me because I was like, look, it's, it's 430 in the morning. I'm ready to go home and people are still. Show I mean, I'm talking about like bum rushing, like. 10 people at a time, 20 people at a time coming through, getting their bottles, getting their, their drinks and everything. Uh, I did, <laughs> I did find out about a hooker there. I mean, what I mean, find out is that I, I, I posted something on Instagram about it. 
um, I see this girl, she was sitting by herself. She was sitting by herself and she wasn't talking to anybody. And I didn't even pay attention to her. I just came right next to her and I was trying to order a drink. And then she just tapped me on my shoulder. It's like, hey, you want to buy me a drink? And I'm like, if I try to say, I'm like, who, who, who the fuck are you? And she goes, well, you know, I just wanted, you know, a glass, a, a glass of champagne. And I'm like, well, I don't, well, what, what are you doing here? She goes, oh, I'm just, you know, hanging out. You know, I'm like, so you came to the club to hang out and you're sitting at a stool at the bar. That's how you, that's how you hang out. Like, yeah, I'm just having fun. I'm like, that's not having fun. I'm sorry, but sitting on a stool by the bar by yourself, uh, you don't look like you're having fun. Uh, you could do that at home. You can go home. I told her that. I said, you could go home and sit on a chair uh, and, and, and have a drink. It'd be the same thing, but you're just basically taking up space here. That's what I told her straight up. And she's like, well, you know, I can dance too. I'm like, well, show me. Show me how you have fun. Just get up and dance. She got up and she started like sh- shaking her, like uh, her shoulders and her, her boobs and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm not impressed. I'm fucking not, I'm not impressed at all. And uh, uh, she goes, well, you know, I can I can do more. And I'm like, you know what, I I, I don't care. I, I really don't care. And so I leave. I come back, and I'm like, well, it's my last drink of the night, and it's already like four in the morning. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just get I'll get a couple uh, couple glasses of champagne and the champagne, not prosecco, folks. Uh, glass of champagne, and I I have my two glasses like this, and I I hand one over. She tries to grab it, and I take it back, and I'm like, look, I don't I don't buy drinks for people that I don't know. And she goes, well, my name is blah blah blah, and I'm like, all right, fuck it, nice to meet you. I give her the drink, and I dance with her a little bit. Not nothing happened. It's I, I'm not into that. I I knew I knew from the get that she was she was a prostitute. Because when I bought the drink, she went out, talked to somebody, and and, and came back. But it was my, it was busted. Like I, I I knew, but I wanted to I wanted to see, you know, just do it for a story kind of thing. That's what I do. <laughs> um, let's see what else did I want to bring up about my trip. Um, oh yeah, I mean it's it, like I said, the club is the same. You know, be, dudes with the glasses on. Oh, by the way, this this I went to a bar, and this this was weird. Like you pay for your drink with the with the hostess, and she gives you a ticket with the name of your drink, and you take that ticket to the bar so they make your drink. I never seen that before, but it was interesting. <laughs> you know, cut the middleman. Let me go straight to the bar and order my shit. Uh, make it way easier, way 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 easier. Um, but it was great because well, one we had a big family reunion. And when I say family reunion, uh, in my family, I'm talking like, I don't know, like 70 people, easy. And that's not even everybody. Um, so we got to do big barbecue at the family home. We have a family home there. Big uh, Senegalese barbecue, by the way. Um, we had the, the lamb. We had the chicken. We had fries, rice. And boy, but talking about rice, I ate my ass off. Okay, because you can't find that kind of food here. There's a restaurant I found in Houston where you can find Senegalese food. We don't have Senegalese restaurants in Austin. Uh, actually, we have one. It's called my my sister in law. <laughs> but other than that, we ain't got that. So when I was there, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna eat, uh, and I'm gonna enjoy myself. Uh, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll deal with the weight later." So that that was that was my. Uh, 
that was my approach. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna make the best of it. Uh, but yeah, it was dope. But we did, uh, we. I didn't do any. Well, we did do some sightseeing once. I went to this island. It's like they call it Shell Island. I I can't sp- I can't speak tonight. Shell Island, uh, because it's made of shells, literally made of shells. Like you take a little ass boat, uh, and then as you um, as you cross this little, it's an island pretty much. So you cross and take a little boat. Let me show you what it looks like. Uh, real quick. There you go. Oh, sorry. So you take this little boat, and then you cross. And as you as you're crossing, you see a bunch of oysters on the on the side. See all up all up in these trees right there. Those are oysters. And so when the when the tide is high, all of these are covered, and you know they're underwater and everything. Uh, but the whole island is a bunch of shells. The cemetery also right next to it. And it, it was interesting. Like, I, I don't really do much sightseeing when I go to Senegal, but it was great to do something different. Um, let me show y'all how shelly this place is. Da, 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 da. Yeah, when I, when I say you walk on shells, you're literally walking on shells. All these are shells. The, the, even the homes in the village are made of, like, you know, concrete and mix of shells. So it's pretty dope. Uh, pretty cool to to see that. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's keep it moving. What else did I want to cover about Senegal? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I I did buy a bunch of art, like statues and stuff. I mean, you go to little markets, you know, here and there on the side of the road. And there's always people trying to, uh, you know, haggle you about, hey, I got this art, I got these clothes, I got these backpacks, I got masks and everything. Um, so I did bring back a bunch of African art. I mean, I have a bunch already at the house. Uh, so when you're walking in my home, you know I'm from Africa. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Uh, so yeah, that that, that was that. Um, you know, it, it felt good going home. And I promised myself I'm not going to stay another 10 years without going. I'm going to try to go as much as I can, actually. Hopefully, not hopefully, I'm, I'm going to try my best. No, fuck it. I'm going to go again this December. Uh, you know, it, it sucks because when your parents live that far away, um, you see them maybe once or twice a year. Uh, and you got, you know, it's harder for them to come all the way here than for me to go there. So, and hopefully I get to take my son Um uh, this time, and by the way, I, 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 when I was there, I did see uh, uh, all the shit that was going on with Southwest. <laughs> I'm glad I left way before that. I didn't take Southwest, but you know, it was it. it, it shout outs to and to people who didn't get to see their family uh, for the holidays or for who it was tough to to get to their families. That 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 sucks. But I hope you catch up. Uh, I hope they get this shit together now. Um, but yeah. So next up, uh, so yeah, Senegal for 10 days, you know, eight masks off, uh, and not rested, by the way. When you go to Senegal, you don't rest because, uh, the, the, the day starts early because it's loud and you wake up and you get woken up by construction, uh, people outside, traffic, uh, a rooster. 
there's always something. So, um, you don't really get to full, unless you go to the countryside, like you don't really get to rest. When you're in Dakar, you don't really get to rest, but it, it doesn't matter because to me, it, 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 it felt like, yeah, this is, this is home. This, this really is home. I mean, I don't know if I retire there. Uh, I know my, I'll, my grave will be there. That's for sure. Uh, I want to be buried there, but I, you know, as far as living there, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's in a way it's draining. You know what I mean? Um, but thank God that, you know, we got luckily, uh, we get the, 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 the house in the, in, in the country, but, uh, yeah, we don't really get to rest. Well, when you're in Senegal, so then I go to Paris. Uh, yes, je suis allé à Paris. So Paris, I've been to Paris since 2019. Um, and it, it was, it, it was good. It was like a, a change of pace. By the way, I had to pack for both, both places, leaving here. And when I left, I know it's going to be hot in Senegal and Paris was going, was going through a freeze, just like the freeze y'all had here in Texas, actually all over the, all over the, all over the country, Buffalo and all that stuff. So I was like, fuck, if I, I need to pack for like shorts and t-shirts and then, you know, sweaters and coats and everything for Paris. And by the time I got there, it was 50 degrees. But, you know, it's Paris during the holidays, which is one of the, one of the two best times to go there. Second best time is summertime, of course. But Paris and during Christmas, Christmas, New Year's, it's beautiful. And I really got to appreciate it again. Because here's the thing about Paris, like it's it's a uh, there's like a love hate relationship because you love to see the the history, the architecture, like everywhere, every street you walk on, there's a story about it because it's named after some dude or some lady. You know, uh, you walk into this neighborhood, and this neighborhood has a particular flavor in terms of. You know the the shops that are there, the 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 monuments that are there, the um, the neighborhoods. I'm not the neighborhoods. The 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 homes, the the vibe, the people. So every it's like New York, right? You go to little Dakar in Harlem. You know it's kind of the same kind of got pockets in the big city that you learn to appreciate. But to do that, you just have to fucking get outside and start walking. Take the subway, start walking. And I walked a lot when I was in Paris. Thank God. Um, like I didn't want to take the, the the. I took the subway once. Uh, I took like Ubers and stuff if it was really far. Otherwise, I'll, I'll just I'll just walk it. Uh, and first night in Paris was the um, yeah. I got there on the twenty ninth, so I went to a comedy show. Uh, I just looked up, you know, com- there's tons of comedy in Paris because there's so many, there's so many theaters. It's nuts. There's a theater in every neighborhood. There's three or four theaters. Uh, so there's always plays going on, always comedy going on. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go check out some comedy. And I went to this place um, called, uh, du côté, uh, towards Saint-Michel by the Notre Dame. Uh, and, they had comedy in this basement. So a lot of bars in Paris, because it's an old city, have these like basements where you take the the stairs. It's a very narrow stairs going down in a spiral and you get to this like 
crypt, if you will. I mean, it looked like a crypt from Game of Thrones. That that's really what what it looked like. And let me show you a quick picture. Uh, look like this, like it's of stones, like cobblestones in the ceiling, very small, like no form reception whatsoever, and little comedy show there. And the thing is about I, I talked I talked about this before, but. French comedy, the concept of of stand up as we know it in the U.S., it it's starting to pick up. Well, take that back. It's been it's been picking up in France for a few years now, because it used to be because France has such a a rich history in theater. Uh, like this, the concept of stand up, like a dude coming up on stage and doing doing jokes, um, was it was always seen as a show. Right. As a one man show, a one woman show, however you want to call it. Um, there's not, there's no decor. It's just one mic. And it's, it's not a, and the, the format too was more like, Hey, let me tell you about my life. And the whole thing would be like a, an hour and a half type of thing. But now more and more you see comics who do comedy like they do in the U.S. Right. So the comedy show I went to was all in French. It was in that, in that basement and. They did crowd work, you know, uh, and honestly, it was weird to, to hear that kind of format in French, but it actually works because the French talk shit just as much <laughs> as as Americans do. Well, no, probably more but because the French are, you know, not happy people, but they, they really talk a lot of shit. And so it, it's for, for someone like, for someone like me who grew up there, like the kind of shit talking that I did growing up. You get to see that on stage. And I was like, oh, yes, okay, I get it. I, I get why this is booming and why a lot of kids jump into stand-up just like here. Uh, this, the industry is not as developed as it is over here, of course, because uh, there used to be, it was a lot of like theater, a lot of sketch. Um, uh, I mean, as in like skits. Um, and then there was the Jamel Comedy Club who really put stand-up comedy, the American style of stand-up on the map. And that was that was maybe like 10 years ago, maybe a little less. Uh, and then a lot of comics from that generation ended up, you know, being in at, uh, in bigger production, going on tour, and being in movies. So think about the 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 path that, you know, the Adam Sandlers and the uh Eddie Murphy and uh uh shit I can't name I can't name a whole lot of comics actually would turn to I mean Jim Carrey I mean they went from that there's no there's not really sitcoms in France it's like you go from stage to then you get on on TV a lot cuz there's a lot of variety shows uh not necessarily talk shows more variety shows uh where they just discuss stuff that's going on in the world I mean, in, in, in the country, uh, and then uh, from that, they go to the big screen. So that's usually how, you know, comics make it uh, in France. And then they put out a special and, and all that stuff. There's a, we have a festival uh, as well, uh, Festival de Montreux. So anyway, I go to this comedy show. It's like an hour and a half by myself. Um, and they make you buy, the comedy show itself is free. Um, and you go to the show, the guys were hilarious, by the way. 
and on your way out, like the the host goes, "Hey, uh, we do this for free, but if you're if you if you can support and if you want to support, uh, I'll be outside. You can just come up, and then I have a card reader, or I can take cash, and that's really the tip the the comics." Um, and I walked out to him. I was like, "Hey, man, that was that was a dope show. I really had a good time." He actually asked, "Like, where were people from?" And I was like, "Hey, I'm from Texas. I, I live in Texas." Uh, and so, you know, I didn't. I I don't like to go to a comedy show and be that dude or like contributes to the show because I'm not heckling. I'm not heckling, but they talk to me, so I have to respond because I don't. I don't want to like stop the show. So if you engage with me, I engage with you back, but I try to make it very quick and short so that I don't want to take over the show. I mean, I was, I mean, as a comedian myself, like I, I would hate, you know, uh, someone to take over the show like that. So, so I try to keep it short. And then after the show, it's like, yo, Texas, what's up? And, and he told me, it's like, Hey man, if you don't have any plans for new year's, which was the next night, like come, I'm, we're doing the big show at this theater uh, if you want to come and, you know, bring somebody, I'm like, all right, cool, bet. And so the next day we're trying, trying to figure out what to do for New Year's. And, you know, it's uh, just like there's a Times Square in New York. Champs-Élysées is the place to be, not the place to be, the place where everybody goes for New Year's Eve. It's either the Eiffel Tower where they have shows and live music or the Champs-Élysées because that's where the fireworks are. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. So the plan was... Uh, me and my cousin uh, to go to this dude's comedy show and then go to this party on the docks at this big outdoor venue, old school, new school, hip hop uh, kind of thing. So, uh, but before, uh, so we're like, whatever. So the, the, the day on New Year's Eve, we just went to wet couscous. If you never had couscous, you got to have couscous, Moroccan couscous. That she was, that's like, there's a restaurant there. If you go to Paris, look up, she, uh, Saeed, big fun. I'll, I'll put the link up, but it's, it's the best couscous ever. Like it for the price and for the quality. It like every time I go to France, I stop there. My, my dad does the same thing. My brother does the same thing. My sister does the same thing. My cousins do the same thing. It's like, it's like a go-to, but anyway, we have that for, for dinner and then we go to the comedy show and we get outside the theater and there was a long ass line. I didn't have tickets, remember? So I was like, oh, I need to find the comic who invited us. And the line was so long and and they didn't know that there was a show going on before their show. And so we stood outside we're at, at 11:30 on New Year's Eve. We were still outside waiting to get in. Right? Uh they opened the doors. Um we get in and there's a bunch of it's an old theater, like old ass theater. Like take the Paramount and make it smaller. It's just as as beautiful, but it's it it's smaller. It's more intimate. The seats are very tight. So if you're six foot tall, you're fucked. Your knees are going. You're going to be bumping. Your knees going to bump into the person in front of you. That's just the way it goes. Uh, but I, we we walk in. I just told the the old man who was checking people in with the tickets. I said, uh, yeah, I was invited by a comic, and he goes, all right, cool, go. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to check my anything. Cool. Um, but we stayed, uh, for a solid couple hours, uh, saw some comics that I saw the night before. And then, uh, we did, uh, you know, did the countdown, like by the time everybody sat down and the, and the show started, the speaker was blown out, the mic didn't work. So the comic went up and he had to like, you know, do crowd work and try to, you know, 
talk his way into jokes for 30 minutes and then he got to do the countdown uh to uh, uh to the new year's uh but yeah I did that and went to that party and let me tell you my biggest uh pet peeve when I go out now as an older man I can say I mean I'm I'm almost 41 uh is that I don't I don't like to be around 20 year olds. I've said that before. It's just uh, nothing against them. They have fun just like I did when I was in my twenties. I'm not hating on them. I'm just like that energy. It's just, it bothers me. It's like, I don't want to talk to you. Like I, I'm just here because of the music. I'm not trying to, 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 to engage. I'm not trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to hit on you. Nothing. I I have zero I have zero like interest in talking to a 20 year old. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, that's just, that's just me. Like I'm there just for the music. And so uh, my cousin and I basically played this game where, you know, what that I've done many times in France is that, Hey, I don't speak French. So I spoke English everywhere I went, everywhere I went every we walk up at the, to the front and my cousin goes, yeah, this is my cousin. Uh, my cousin back, he lives in Texas and da, da, da. I'm like, yo, what up, man? So I put on, I try to put on my, my strongest, uh, you know, American accent or Texan accent, however you want to call it. Um, and so I'm going back and forth between both stages and it's, mind you, this is a huge party, two stages, old school, new school, uh, hip hop and well, old school, new school, anything really, um, uh, about 1200 people, 12 to 1500 people. Um, and a lot of 20 year olds, which I'm like, I ain't trying to do nothing. Uh, but it's packed, uh, packed, but you can still move around. Like, it's not like, I'm not trying to go to by the DJ. I'm not trying to go deep into the dance floor. I can just find my little area that I can just jam and do my thing. I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get into a conversation with anybody. Uh, at one point, I was dancing and there was this group of older lady and I could tell they were older. <laughs> um, and a group of older ladies and they were dancing too. And one of them started dancing with me. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, and we're, we're dancing and I'm, and I, <laughs> I love playing this game. I speak English to her and she tries to respond to me in English. And at one point she's like, Hey, uh, I'm, I want to, I want to go get a drink. You want to come? I said, yeah, sure. Come on. Let's, let's, get, let's get, get a drink. We go get a drink. She starts t- telling me, uh, you know, what she does. And honestly, I forgot. That's how much I was paying attention. Um, uh, but we're having a conversation, you know, in English the whole time. And she, I know I can tell she's struggling to get her English out. And, uh, uh, you know, we're having a good time. I'm not, you know, you know me. When I, I mean, I don't assume that you know me, but I, when I, when I dance, like I, I don't have to like grind on you. I don't have. Do you have to get in front of me or whatever? I don't even have to touch you. I don't give a shit. I've been there, done that. Uh, but we can still dance together and have, you know, have a good time. Dance around each other and play off each other's moves. Like I, I enjoy that way more than okay. Now I have to, I have to follow your hip movements. You're going left, right, left, 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 right, left. I, I, fuck that. Oh, up, down, up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B. I ain't trying to do all that shit. So 
when I have to worry about someone, some somebody else's movements, I, I, I it turns me off because I'm like, unless you can keep up with me, eh. I know that sounds cocky. I know that sounds cocky, but trust me, I've been there, done that. I'm like, I, I'm just here for the music. If you're here for the music too, fine. Yes, have a good time and just and whatever. Uh, but about 30 minutes in, we're hanging out, and I'm, I actually told her, I said, I actually, I speak French. And I saw her speaking French and she's like, oh, so you were fucking with me the whole time. And I'm like, eh, that's one way to put it. And she said, well, why did you, why did you speak to me in, in, in English? I'm like, well, believe it or not, people treat me better when I speak English than when I speak French. If I spoke French to you, I was just another dude. There's tons, there's tons of dudes like me here. But this is my way of like, you know, putting putting my guard up or whatever and and then if you're cool then yeah i'll switch i'll go i'll go to french because i was like i genuinely we were having a good i wasn't looking for anything um but i was like yeah you know we're we're cool we're 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 vibing whatever you know and she's like she looks at me like oh so you basically you were fucking me the whole time and now you expect me to apologize to forgive you blah 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 and i'm like i don't expect anything I, i i just I just assumed that if I spoke French, you probably wouldn't be like dancing with me anyway. And she's like, no, that's not true. I'm like, well, sorry, I don't read mine. So that's my way of dealing with it. If you don't like it, I got nothing for you. And so and her friend just grabbed her and then, and then they, they took off. She's like, she's like, oh, well, I had a good time too. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I had that, whatever. <laughs> I, I really, I'm at a point now where I, I, I so don't give a shit. It's, it's, I, I amaze myself because I used to. Now I'm like, eh. Uh, but we were at that party until it all shut down at like six, six thirty, something like that. And, and by the way, old school, new school stage. I thought I could just be in one spot at at the old school stage and just hang because they would play old school. But I realized that to them, Bodak Yellow is old school. Bodak Yellow, which came out just a few years ago, that's old school to them. And they were playing stuff that they considered old school that came out in like, I don't know, 2010, 20, 2009. I'm like, that that's old school for you? Because I expected some, you know, 90s stuff, but I'm like, oh yeah, now the 2000s is, is old school. And he didn't even go there that much. Um, but the, the, the DJs didn't respect the old school, new school, so I kept going back and forth. And sometimes you would hear one song on on one stage and then five minutes later you go to the other stage and you hear the same song and I'm like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. But whatever. The the, the thing is it's New Year's Eve. People are getting people are getting drunk. A lot of young people and I'm like, I I came out because I wanna have a good time. I want to listen to some good the music was dope. I can't I can't front on that. Uh and I wanted to I wanted to like experience the the nightlife again. Meanwhile, Champs-Élysées had a million people on that street. I know it's the most beautiful street in the world, but a million people showed up. Can you imagine that crowd where it's like if you need to if you need to take a shit or if you need to piss or whatever or you lost track of your friends, you're done. Like it, it it's like that. And I'm like I'm not I'm not doing that. Um let's see what else in Paris. Um I mean I got this you know since I grew up there I was glad I got to see my childhood friends 
that I grew, you know, that I grew up with. That's what childhood means, stupid. Um, but I ate out every day, pretty much every day. And we, I stayed near the Eiffel Tower, so there's a lot of restaurants. I mean, it, look, Paris has restaurants every block, if not like three restaurants on the same block. I mean, the the food, uh, the service industry in Paris got to represent at least thirty percent of the of the French GDP. There's no way. So I'm sure COVID like hit them really hard, but there's a restaurant at t- ten steps. There's a restaurant ten steps Italian, ten steps Lebanese, ten steps French, ten steps Korean, ten steps Indian. So. Every, every day I would go to a new restaurant and try something else. Uh, I had Korean, I had uh, Italian, I had French, I had couscous, like I was saying earlier. I even went to, I found a Senegalese restaurant and I found out that it's my, one of my cousins runs it. So I was like, yeah, I was just in Senegal the week before and here I am eating that delicious rice with the thing, with the barbecue, Senegalese barbecue. And I was like, this is dope. This is exactly what I what I needed, uh, but yeah, I mean, re- reconnected with uh, with reconnecting with uh, friends um, the night before. And here's the thing about Paris: like I said, it works in neighborhoods, right? Each neighborhood has its own charm, its own look and feel, and the people hang out there. It's 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 all different, right? Um, and I found out about this one area. It's north of Paris. Uh, I forgot the the name, uh, but I was looking for some English speaking comedy because I'm like I saw some French comedy. I wanted like there's an open mic, maybe I can sign up. And come to find out, there's a lot of English speaking comedy in Paris because people are coming in from all over the world to the city, and they don't speak French, so they want to see English speaking comedy. So I signed up for this one open mic. Uh, the list was full and I got a message from the guy who runs it like the day before is like, Hey, once one spot opened up, you want it five minutes. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll take it. So we show up and it's the same thing. It's a, it's, it's a nice bar. Um, and with the basement looks like the Game of Thrones script, uh, with the cobblestone and the ceiling and everything. And it was very international. I mean, the one comedian was, there was a Russian comedian, Indian. Uh, there was a dude from uh, Ghana, I think. A dude from New York. Uh, and the crowd, same thing. People were coming from Lebanon, from Italy, from all over the world. And so, and I got, so I got to do five minutes, uh, in that room and I fucking loved it. And I, 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 I didn't know how they were going to react to my jokes. But it it actually I, I was I was glad I'm glad I did it I really am, uh, um and people got it it's like you know and I didn't know it was that big of a community of English English speaking comedians um who like they come from London they come through Paris and then here here's a bunch of shows and it's all over town too it's all over town if I'd stayed longer the guy was like hey if you you would have stayed on uh, a little longer. I would have booked you on some more shows. I'm like, no, I got to go home. I miss my boy already. I've been missing my boy. <laughs> um, anyway, so we stayed there, and there was a there was a live band afterwards, and then an improv 
some improv after that. And the whole thing went till like two in the morning or something. And it was, and it was kind of, it's a kind of bar. This is what I like. Like every, most bars in Paris are neighborhood bars. Like people just come and they, they hang out. You don't, you don't expect, of course, there's bars and clubs. I know the difference, but you, you, you don't expect such a variety of, of folks to walk into uh, a bar, especially if it's in a, in a specific area. And I mean, I, I ran into people, this dude was a chef. This girl was in, was a fashion designer. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen anywhere else. I'm saying that I'm glad I, I found a place uh, where there was all of that together. So you got the comedy, you got the live music, you got improv. There's the bar that served delicious cocktails. They got food and they're serving food pretty much all night long. And they got music and the, the, I met the owner and the owner was is a huge hip hop fan. So when I showed up with my cousin, he was playing like Ed OG and Mob Deep and like straight up like underground, uh underground hip hop like arsonists and dilated people. So I'm like, fuck, what the what kind of place is this? And he goes, Yeah, I'm just I'm just a you know a, a hip hop fan. The cocktails were great. They made the Negroni. They had a version of the Negroni there that I really loved. I can't. I can't tell you what was in it. Uh, I'll look it up. Maybe. Maybe uh, I'll ask some of my bartender friends see if he can make it. But anyway, uh, that was my last night in Paris. And wow, I mean, I, I love that kind of spot. Like, I don't. I don't think we have that in Austin. We, we used to for sure. Whereas, like, I mean, and this was yeah. This was a Friday. This was a Friday night. But he told me he's like, yeah. Every, every day we have something different. Like they'll have. Um, you know, they'll have the comedy, they'll have the live music, but it's like all of that in one spot and people just come in and out and, you know, they serve the food and it's delicious. Like, I like that kind of, uh, like that could become, oh, this is my go-to spot from now on. You know what I mean? So you don't have to go to five different places to get the improv, to get the comedy, to get the music, to get the, get the DJ, get the food. It's like, I like it. I'm old, man. I ain't trying to walk. No, take that back. I ain't trying to hop around to find the best spot in one night. If I go to more than two places in one night, I'm not having a good time. So if I have a go-to spot where, I, where everything I like is right there, then I'm good. So definitely want to add that to my list next time I, I, I go back. And I'm going to try to sign up for, uh, for more comedy. And I'm trying French. I'll try to translate some of my jokes in French and, and, and see what happens. But I'm glad I got on stage uh, in Paris, I'm not a touring comedian <laughs> just because I did it there. I know my place. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great time. Food was delicious. Uh, made some new friends, got to hang out with my cousins. Uh, cousins, I have one, the cousins who runs the restaurant. I hadn't seen them since I left France. So I'm talking 25 years, at least 20. Last time he saw me, I'm, I'm aging myself now, but I, I hadn't, I was still in France and I was like 16 years old, like 15 or 16 years old. So it was good to see him again. Cousins that didn't know each other got to know each other. It's a beautiful thing. And they got big projects just like, you know, just like I do. So uh, it was great to reconnect. And and I mean, that that's the beauty of travel. I can't stress enough. Everybody's got to go to Europe once and Africa once just to get a different sense of not only gain perspective on how your life is here, 
but also get an understanding on how pace the pace can be different in different countries. You know, I say it all the time, but the Europeans got if there's one thing they know how to do, they know how to live. You know, I'm not saying that they don't have issues with mental health. I'm not saying they don't have other problems, but when it comes to social stuff, it's I barely saw people on their phones, for example. All the places I just named in Paris, people are not on their phones. The clubs in Senegal, you know, people are dancing. No, they're not on their phone. Um, and it, it, it's good to see people just live again after the lockdown and all, and all that stuff. It's good to see people being social again, people interacting with each other again. And I think that by by going to those two places, I really got a sense of, oh, yeah, this is this is life. This is what life is. This is what life is about. You know what I mean? It's it's going to dinner at 1030 at night, you know, and then you stay in the restaurant till 1 a.m. You're just talking, you know, nobody, you're not on your phone. You're not, you know, distracted by any, anything. You're, the music is nice. The atmosphere is nice. You're in this this table like the size of a tray. You know, and it's you and you and your friend, and then you just shoot the shit. And next thing you know, I, right, how about we just walk down the street and and see what goes on? And you walk down the street, and then you end up at a bar. Then and, and you're like, oh, they're playing good. Oh, this is a bar. This is a bar where they do. It's a rum bar. All right, cool. Let's check it out. Oh, this is a bar that has. Champ- I'm not saying it has to be a bar. What I'm saying is that you have so many options and so many opportunities to connect with folks that it makes it worth it so i know you only get 10 days you know of vacation a year but if you can uh if you can make it a goal or or a resolution or whatever to just go there make it a week whatever but make it like worth your time like walk around and and see how people act see how people um interact see what kind of i mean the thing about the French is that, yeah, they they have an attitude. They're never happy about anything, um, even though they, you know, they live the best life. Um, I would joke about it. I'm not going to do it. But all I'm saying is getting that perspective on, hey, this is how other people live, right? This is the pace of this country. This is the the, the kind of things you could do at certain times of the day, right? So, for example, like in Senegal, um, in in the summer, people don't do much between noon and three because it's way too freaking hot, right? And then it's around five or six. Then then that people are oh, people are walking again. What I'm not saying the whole place shuts down. I mean, in Spain they take a nap. Okay, so it's like it's and especially in, in in a city like Paris that has so much history. Like the street I was staying in, I was staying. No, I'm sorry. Everybody was taking pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, I saw so many influencers or, you know, newlyweds taking photos. It's just so much like you walking around the street, looking up, not looking down, looking up. Because it, it is beautiful. Paris is a beautiful city. So anyway, all that to say, I, I just wanted to do a little solo podcast and talk about my uh, my holidays. I'm not bragging by any. If you If you see this episode as me bragging about my trip, it's not. It's just. It, it, it's just something that I, I I wanted to do, something I needed to do is just to get out, you know, and experience those two countries that I, you know, that I'm from uh, again and, you know, 
gaining some new perspective on them and definitely going to revisit, you know, more often. Um, you know, one of my new year resolutions is just, is to, to travel more. And I can't say I haven't been everywhere in, in the States, but I, I definitely want to get to know other cities. I, I've never been to LA. Yeah. Believe it or not. I got to go to LA. I got to go to Denver. I got to go to, I went to Chicago for a couple of days. That don't count. But, um, I definitely want to travel more. So I'll be reaching out to folks uh, in those cities and, you know, see what's going on. If I can get on stage, that'd be even better. Um, so all in all, um, I'm, I want to reiterate and wish y'all a happy new year, uh, 2023. Uh, if this was the most boring episode ever, eh, I don't care. I just wanted a record of my, my time, uh, in uh, in Africa and in France, that's all I wanted to do. So you can if you skip it, I don't care. If <laughs> but I, I if, if you run into me, you have more questions. I'll, I'll be happy to show you more uh, pictures and videos and tell you more about those two beautiful countries uh, and its people and its vibe and its food and all that stuff. You know, I you got to be curious, and I'll, I'll I'll be happy to. If you tell me you're going to France this year or going to Paris this year, I, I, a couple of people people already told me like, "Hey, back! I saw you were in Paris. I'm going in March. I'm going, you know, for the summer." So I'd, I'd be happy to point you in the right direction. I can't say I'm I'm a I know everything because it's one of those cities that takes decades to explore. It's like saying you know New York, like it, it's so big that there's no way in hell you can know every corner of, of the city. So, but every time I go, and since I moved to the States, every time I go, I, I learn about a new area, a new neighborhood, another restaurant or whatever. So uh, I really enjoy myself. I brought back a bunch of stuff, some French books for my son, uh, some African art uh, for my house uh some uh african clothing clothing like a, a bunch of stuff so uh anyway um on that note thank you all so much for tuning in uh i am going to so as you know i've been doing a lot of for the past couple of years the podcast been focused on comedy you know talking to comics and all that uh i'm gonna tone down that tone that down this year a little bit more i still going to talk to comics but uh, I want to have a, um, a, a more, how was the word, focus format of the show. So, again, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have a, a sponsor or anything like that. This is more me uh, keeping a record of, you know, talking to fascinating people because I am fascinated by people uh, and keeping a record of, you know, my life is kind of like my diary at this point <laughs> uh, of my life. And uh, so I'll be changing the format a little bit uh, and just stay tuned for that. Uh, I can't say too much yet. I, I'll be, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. I mean, it's called the feedback. So uh, I feel like I've been straying from what that means. Uh, just quick hint. If you, if you'd like our shared dope shit segment of the show, um, uh, it's kind of like that, but more of, you'll see, you'll see, just, just keep listening, subscribe. Uh, we're on every, I'm on every platform, uh, podcast, the YouTube channel is up, up to date. Uh, I'll be posting more clips because I have tons and tons of hours and hours of podcasts of the video 
uh, I just need to get all that, um, all of that, like sub, sub, like captioned and all that stuff and share on, on Instagram. My goal this year is to, uh, put out more content because I have a lot of it. It's just that I don't promote it right. So I want to promote more of the stuff that I already have. Uh, record play is still up and running. So make sure you follow record play live on Instagram. Uh, so there's big plans for that too. Uh, I'll be announcing, uh, so Thursday, uh, February, February, it, February, uh, 16th at Soho House. Uh, recordplay.live slash RSVP, uh, for the, to put in your name for the guest list. And yeah, that's about it. So thank you so much for tuning in. I know this was, I don't really do, do solo episodes. Uh, it's, it was me rambling. It's not meant to be, you know, comedy all the time, funny, funny, funny all the time. I like to talk for real and, you know, share pieces of my life, you know. Um, so yeah. And if you want to be a guest on the show, just holler at me. And I'd be happy to talk to you if you're interesting. You got to be interesting. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao.